How's it going, everybody? It is Michael. We are on the bullet train to infotainment town with a brand new episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. We got the gimlet on the other end of the line. How are we doing over there in, in, in gypsy territory? Oh, fine. We've got those lovely thunderstorms rolling through. It's that time of the that time of the year in the south. It is. It is. It is rainy everywhere. I'm gonna say this right out of the gate, though. What a show we've got! We've got the uh, the the wonderful Cat Timph is on the show. You guys, somehow we managed to wrangle her. So it's uh, it's a it's a good interview. She's fantastic. She's a good egg. So stay tuned. Later on, we got Cat Timp. And of course, we're going to be checking in with Paul to let you know what's on the web. We've got extra stuff for the Patreon kids. So right now, uh, we're just going to we're just going to jump into it. We're just going to jump into it. There's so many places to start. But here's where I want to start. The, sure. Yeah. The, the Joe Biden press conference. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and the, the border will probably, we'll do a little bit of, uh, border stuff. Cause there's something that we, that I think you and I both get that, that most people won't get. And it's, it's worth some of our, some of our attention, but here's where I want to start this Hunter Biden crap with, uh, you know, he lies on his application for a gun, uh, and then his, his, what his, was his sister-in-law that he was banging, and that he was with, she throws the gun in a dumpster. I mean, he broke a kajillion different gun laws and all kinds of stuff. And once again, uh, it pays to be it pays to be a Biden. But it looks like everybody bent over backwards to clean up this kid's mess. It's like he cannot stop. He cannot stop. This is the kid. He left the he left the car in the desert. He left the pipe in there. He left his ID in there. He left the freaking. Uh, a badge in there and then and then the laptop thing and let's not forget the FBI has had that laptop since 2018 since 2018 and it was just this December when they're like yes we're ready to conduct interviews and now this with the gun I'm sure you're familiar with the story I, I, I can't wait to get your take on it but like we got to amplify this to we got to crank this this story up to eleven. This is this is horrible. We're living we're living in a society with two sets of laws. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I read the text and I'm like, my God, what a hot freaking mess you are to start with. I'm just like, how does this guy even feed himself? Seriously, it's just, uh, <laughs> I'm like. Okie dokie. Like, we all know you're lying in this text because we know what you did. I mean, you knocked up a stripper during that time period, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then if you look at and and you'll <clears throat> and this is why we have to turn up the, the pressure on this. There's no way this guy covered his tracks. Now, I know no. the dude, supposedly the dude who fixed the laptop, he backed up everything on a hard drive. So somebody else, mm-hmm. I think Rudy Rudy Giuliani has a copy of it. Hopefully Rudy has made uh, copies of it. But but Hunter, I guarantee you, did not cover his tracks well. If you look at his, no. his, his past history. So this is just like, in, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm basing this just off of 
what I've what I've witnessed, what I've seen reported and not reported, like seriously, they haven't been able to 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 bring charges against him. You 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 mean to tell me that like with the, his job with the Ukrainian gas company, where did all that money go? Where I want I want subpoenas. I want to look when Hunter Biden gets paid because here's what I suspect. Here's what I suspect. I think Hunter Biden, if he gets a paycheck uh, for a hundred thousand bucks, I think he probably keeps. 30,000 and I think Fitty goes to Sleepy Joe and I think uh, a few thousand go to his uh his his uncle. I think uh, some go to to Jim Biden or whatever that construction. I think it's just like a a, a little lazy poor man's uh criminal enterprise and I I cannot believe that the FBI hasn't made their move. I cannot believe it. And that's and that's just well. Terrifying. I mean, I can believe it if you think about it. <laughs> what did we hear about for a couple years? Oh, Don Junior's meeting with the Russian person. Oh my God! Oh my God! And the FBI knew for almost that entire two years that the translator in the meeting, who didn't even like Don Junior, said, "Yeah, that never happened." Exactly. So, in knowing this. We got to call the FBI out, and I'm talking as as a whole as a whole enterprise. Like you always, you know, hear these. Well, we all we know. I, I think that 99 percent of the officers of the FBI are good and justice. I don't. I don't. I think they're few and far between, and we need some good people to step up. And until they do, I'm going to publicly shame the entire FBI as a as well, part of a criminal like, enterprise. I mean, nothing has changed since Comey's days. And if you listen to interviews with um, Rick Grinnell and uh, what was his name? Kosh Patel, who worked for Devin Nunes. Yeah. It was those agencies that were fighting getting stuff that had no business being classified, had nothing to do with methods and sources, get unclass- become declassified. Yeah. Like, Rich Grinnell's just looking at this stuff going, there's no methods and sources. He's like, they classified footnotes. He's like, footnotes are never classified. And and here's, it's not gonna get better on its own. No. And it's a, and and I think I, I'm thinking as I, as I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, maybe we should start a, a public movement to completely disband the FBI. Like, seriously, because like we don't, the FBI does serve a purpose, and I don't really want the entire FBI gone. However. When you grab headlines, you you ask for a lot to get a little. It's like well, it's like the Black Lives Matter people going, just you know, disband the police, disband the police. We got to get rid of the police. They don't want to get rid of all the police, and I think the people who support them don't want to get rid of all the police. But when you say something bombastic like disband the police, then people take a hard look at at, at, at policing, and they're making huge mistakes left and right. My point is this: if if we publicly call. For the FBI to be shut down. Let's just shut it down. Let's just scrap it. Then at least maybe we can hold some people uh, accountable. It's it's just, well, I mean, you just criminal. You So there were two attorneys in their 30s in New York who threw Molotov cocktails into yeah. police vans during yeah. the BLM riots. I remember that. They were I remember out that. on bail. In two days, you have an 18 year old 
who was inside the Capitol, tried to stop people from busting down a door. He's been sitting in jail for almost two months. And he just got bailed because he came down with COVID. See, that's so horrifying. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because that's, that's the other thing that, that desperately needs our attention. These, these people who were at the, the, the Capitol in January or whenever the hell it was, and they're not they're not, they're being denied bail and it's getting it's getting uh worse and worse what's this new uh there's this new security clearance improvement act of 2021 mm-hmm. that they're trying to push now this is we told you this we've been telling you this for weeks you guys but uh Nancy Pelosi she knows it, like tiktok on the clock tiktok on the clock so they got to make all these big moves and they got to do it fast they're trying to do house resolution 1 uh, they're trying to. They're going to try to jam down this huge infrastructure spending bill. Uh, they're they're just changing the face and the and the nature of America. They're trying to as fast as they can. One of the things that they're trying to do is the Security Clearance Improvement Act of 2021 that asks such uh, questions like, uh, "Have you now?" And I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but it it goes along this. Uh, have you now, or have you ever been? Uh, a member of a, a group or associated with people who who used conspiracy theories. That's 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 the question that you're supposed to answer. So that to me sounds like a, a, a catch twenty two because if you go, uh, yeah, I was uh, in the MAGA, you know, thing, then they go, oh, that's a conspiracy theory because they said X, Y, and Z. And listen, a lot of these conspiracy. I remember, I remember. When the whole FISA abuse thing was a conspiracy theory. I remember mm-hmm. when supposedly the FBI spying on Donald Trump, that was a conspiracy theory. So they're they're really trying to villainize, really villainize uh, people on the right. And it's... It, well, then it who's going to be in the military, Michael? Oh, my goodness. That's a... That's like, a, I mean, who's going who's gonna to join the military? Uh... Lesbians, trans people. Uh, I'm just sitting here going, when you look at military recruitment and from what states and places people generally join the military, they are all more conservative right-leaning states. And I mean, even if you look at Democrats in the state of Georgia, they are not as far left as the ones in Washington, D.C., yeah. Most of them go to church. Most of them believe in the Second Amendment. It's the same way in Texas. Like, it's uh it's a very it, dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game. And when you look at this ugh, activist that they just hired, and I can't remember his name right now, to be the head of diversity inclusion for the Navy SEALs, for like our most elite fighting forces. Why do I give a rat's ass how diverse that group is? I don't. Not it at is, all. Not even is, a little bit. It's what we were talking about. It's one of the things that I love about this show. And the only reason I'm laughing is because it kind of, it, it, it's, it's so scary. I guess I have to laugh. We're in that naive box. We cannot, as, at some point, as, as a nation... Like you can say all this stuff and you can wish all this stuff and wouldn't it be nice if yada, yada, yada. The rest of the world is not living in our naive box. We can no. sit here. We can sit here and go, you know what we should have. Why aren't there? Why aren't there more uh, women in the Navy SEALs? How come we don't have a lot of 
you know, uh, you know, paraplegics in the military. What can, you know, you can you can spend time checking off these boxes or you can say, you know what, we just need the most hardcore, physically fit, ready to go defend this country people in the military because the rest of the world is not living in a naive box. I don't think I don't think uh, there's uh, the the armies in the Middle East and the, the armies in China. They're not they're not they're not worried about what kind of nail polish uh, that their soldiers are going to wear. They're worried about how many people can you kill? Can you defend our country? Can you win a war? That's what it all boils that's, down that's to. It. That's it. Yes. Like the only place in the world that it is. Well, not the only place that it should happen, but the place that we want to be a meritocracy with very strict requirements is the yes. U.S. military. I want my pilots to be able to see. I want yes. them to know how to fly. So now they're talking about not giving people points coming into the into the Air Force for having a private pilot's license and already having flying time. Why would you not uh, do that? Oh, because it's socioeconomically unfair. I don't care. Dig it. And this is where we have to. They're supposed to be able to fly. This is how, this is where we have to draw the line. Like I seriously, if you, if you own a coffee shop, if you're, if you're the, if you're the owner of Starbucks and you want your employees to take some critical race theory and learn that everybody this and Hey Beth is that you can play that game all you want. I really don't care. But when it comes down to who's defending the country, you want the best people in there. I don't care. I, even see I don't as far care. As my law local law enforcement. Yes. I want yeah. them to be the fastest runners. I want them to be the strongest people. I want to have a reasonable expectation that they could subdue a perp without, you know, having to pull their gun. I want, I want them to be strong. And it's got to be. I know, I, I know, I'm, I, I could never be as strong as the typical man who would enlist to be a police officer. I saw this I, video. When it comes to security, this should be totally, totally a meritocracy. Period. I saw this video over <laughs> over the lockdown, and there was some kids, like teenagers, young twenty, late late teenagers, early twenties, and they were playing hockey. Up in Canada, and uh, two female officers, eh? They came out and they're like telling them to disperse because they weren't supposed to be outside playing hockey. And most of the people, I guess, had complied. One of the hockey players was getting a little lippy, like, "Why? Why can't I be out here?" And they're like, "Because uh, it's the Canadian law, eh?" And he's like, "Why? That's stupid. I don't care." And so they decided that this young man was going to go to jail. And he decided he didn't want to go to jail. And so it was one Canadian dude who I don't think had any kind of training in terms of of fighting. One dude against two Canadian female cops and his buddies had to step in. If, if, if this kid would have decided that today was the day that he was going to be uh, ending the lives of two cops, it would have been... He easily, he easily, and that's, 
It's not. We can pretend it's fair and we can pretend that, oh, everybody's equal and everybody can do the same job. But it just isn't. It just isn't. We we and we all know it. (laughs) And there's like if I'm in a burning building and a firefighter comes in. Now, please understand, Michael, we've met. I'm nearly five, nine. Yeah. There's not too many female firefighters that are going to sling me over their shoulder and carry me out if I'm passed out. Yes. There was a, I did, I did a commercial for DirecTV a million years ago, uh, back in LA. And I was, I was, uh, what, I was a DirecTV spokesman. And then there was a woman in the ad with me and she was like a professional wrestler in the, in the, in the, in the commercial. And I was talking to her about her cable and, and when I was telling her about all the services she wasn't getting with, with her cable, she got really angry with me and, and she picked me up over her head and she spun me around and all this whole stuff. It was a very funny commercial. Like, Oh, you should have got direct TV. This woman was fantastic. She was so, uh, she was kind and she was generous and a fun actress. And we had an absolute blast. She was a giant and like, I've only met a handful. Maybe of people. she could be a firefighter. But yes, most women can't. yes. the The vast majority, the vast majority of women aren't going to be able to do it. But seriously, if I'm if 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 I'm in a fire and I don't see her coming up to help me, <laughs> you better get the dudes on the ladder. Because unless it's my my girl from my direct TV ad, but she can sling me over her shoulder. But for the most part, no. And and I'm. And I'm sorry, but at some point, you, you got to draw the line and and call this stuff out. Like it's not. Listen, like I said before, and we're, I'm repeating myself. I apologize. If it's if it's Starbucks, if it's a private company, and you want to play make believe and live in your little naive box, that's fantastic. But when it comes down to defending the country uh, from foreign invaders, you need you need the most hardcore people in there. This is this. I'm going to use that as a. Uh, as a segue to our our next uh, subject as we move briskly along defending our country from foreign invaders we uh it's going on right now i posted a thing and maybe paul will bring it up later on what's on the web with paul i don't you probably heard about this gimlet uh gallup the ceo sent out a, a a heads up last week they've been doing polls in central and south america do you know what the number is? The number is of people who want to come here? 42 million, I think. 42 million want to come. Now, where is the war? Seriously, where is the war? Where are the death camps? Where are the death squads? What are these people fleeing? And I'm going to tell you right now, that was a hypothetical question, baby. Because there isn't well, any. And they're not. They're shopping. They're looking at the globe as like a big giant shopping mall and like, oh, I could I could get a job in Colombia, but oh, it only pays this. I could go to Ecuador, but it only pays this. I could go to Mexico, but it only pays this. Oh, damn. I could go to America and I get health care. I get dental. I get help on the rent. I get this and I that. That's they're shopping. They're just they're shopping for jobs like you'd shop at the mall. And it's infuriating. Well, and. I want, do you remember Chad Wolf from the Trump I, administration? No, I don't. He was the acting DHS director, short, dark hair, would always get on to like say, no, we're not, you know, 
turning children back at the border. No, we have children who haven't been reunited, but that's because their parents are refusing to let us send them home. He was basically the acting DHS director at the end of the administration. Okay. He, he got, I, I watched an interview with him last night. It was about an hour long and it was recent in the last couple of days. And he said, look, about 90% of asylum claims are rejected because asylum is for people who are being persecuted by their government. It's not because you have a bad economy. It's mm-hmm. not because you have gangs in your, in your country. None of that qualifies for asylum. So to bring all these people in when you know 90% of them will be ruled against when they get in front of an immigration judge is just like giving false hope. Like, there's no reason to do it. That's why we did remain in Mexico, because only the people who are persecuted are going to make that wait. Like, the frivolous claims turn around and go home. And this is where, and this this ties right into our our naive box. And you can pretend, you can pretend for the longest time, until reality sets in. And that's what the reality is. These people are not fleeing some kind of mass murderer in Central and South America. Where where is the war? Show me somebody. Where is the war that they're fleeing? They're just looking for a better opportunity. They're looking for a better, like like anybody else. And these are the people who, if they stayed home, they're the ones who would actually fix their country. Those They're the entrepreneurs. They're the people with the, the go-get-em spirit. We can't take everybody. We can't take everybody. Okay, there's so much more to talk about. We have a jam-packed show coming up. Uh, after the break, stick around. We've got uh, we got Cat Timp. You're going to be surprised. You're going to learn stuff about the one and only Catherine Timp. We'll be right back. Paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill for pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. You guys, I can't believe it. Pat Timp is here. She is on the show. With we're, we're hitting for the cycle on this one. Cat, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Fantastic, <laughs> even. <laughs> I, I, see, here's the deal. After hanging out with you just for a little bit, I, I can only picture you like rolling your eyes. <laughs> just, no. 
So yeah. no, but you're having a, you're having a good day. Yeah, you know, I'm having a pretty good day. Just sitting sitting in the chair, you know, uh, looking out the window, uh, kind of hanging out, thinking about you know what kind of food I want to order because it's raining. I'm not going to go anywhere. Dig it. That's that's uh, that was my brilliant tweet this morning. I'm like, what's for dinner? That's all I care about right now. I don't oh, want to do anything. Okay, so big exciting news for you. I want to get. I want to get into. Um, like I never knew. I, I think I was. I think I was doing your your show sincerely, Cat. Yeah. Uh, and I had no idea that you had ever lived in in L.A. So just for our, our, our listeners, really quick, uh, you grew up in Detroit, Michigan, right up the yes. road from me in Columbus, Ohio. So we're natural enemies. When did you move out to LA and, and what were you, what was the, what was the plan? What was the big LA plan? Oh, oh, wow. I had, I had a very idiotic LA plan. Um, so I had an internship at Fox news in LA, the bureau out there. And then I'd gotten into Columbia university. And the plan was I was going to like use the stipend and live in LA in this apartment for the, you know, uh, June and July of the internship. And then for the last two weeks, I was going to live with my college boyfriend and then we were going to break up and I was going to move to New York. (laughs) That was the plan going out. That was the plan. Like that was the predetermined plan. Wait a minute. Did he know? Did he know? Okay, great. He's now a good friend of mine. So, but then I realized I didn't have enough money to go to Columbia university. Um, and I didn't want to take out this loan. I'd never be able to pay back. So I was just going to like wait tables and keep having doing internships. So then when I was supposed to move out after two weeks, I just didn't. Okay. I just didn't. We never talked about it. I just didn't leave. Um, might be shocking. We did break up. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was the plan, right? Yeah, exactly. Just foisting a live-in relationship on another person actually didn't work out. <laughs> um, and then I like, you know, lived in this horrible apartment in Long Beach. And then I eventually lost that apartment and, you know, was kind of couch surfing, moved in with a random Colombian family. What were you doing stuff. from, what were you doing for money? Uh, I was waiting tables. I had some, where, 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 uh, well, first the four and 20 diner in Sherman Oaks. Nice. I know that one. Yeah. Would... <laughs> and then I, th- then California pizza kitchen in Long Beach. Sweet. Now, why the big move down to Long Beach? That's a big one from Sherman Oaks, because I'm I'm in uh, I'm a Studio City guy. That's well, that's my four and twenty right there. P- a lot of people on the East Coast don't know about how the deliciousness that is the four and twenty. Delicious. Well, because I was also got a job traffic re- doing traffic reporting. Mm-hmm. And um, Cam, can you blow your nose elsewhere? Thank you. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. We got a little insight into, into the personal life and how it works. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> and then I that was in Orange County, so I kind of wanted to be like in the middle. Yeah. I don't know. So, so how how long did you do? See, here's another thing I'm learning. I didn't know you did traffic reporting in L.A. There's a SIG alert on the 405. Did you say that all the time? Oh yeah, that was definitely <laughs> me. Um, I was. Laid off after six months from that job, though, because I was not good at it in terms terms of, like, actually giving correct directions. That's hilarious. Um, I was not good at it. Somebody just connected to our Bluetooth in this apartment and is playing, like, club music, and we don't know how to turn off. Okay. That's 
great. Uh, it was like, what is that's, that? I was like, that's not my music and it's not your music. That's the kind yeah, of surreal so, moment I was expecting. Yeah. I was like, expecting what, a why blow is your nose somewhere part? else and just random club music. Yeah. I was like, but yeah. So I, I gave wrong directions a lot, which is an important <laughs> part of the job is that you don't do that. Yeah. So, so I was laid off and I was devastated. I was like, I'm never going to have another job in broadcasting. That and sucks then, to get fired. And um, so then I moved to D.C. and I was a web editor at The Washington Times. So we're getting campus reform, started doing some guest stuff on Fox. And I met Greg Gutfeld. OK, hold on. That was that was this. That was the speed read there, sister. Yeah. So so you were doing other stuff in L.A. We got to talk about we got to talk about the stand up. I was we doing stand up. Yeah, that's that's where you started. Yeah. Or had you yeah. done had you done, done stand up like in college? Michigan, but like that's where I really started. Now, whereabouts in Michigan? What club? What club there? Like Mark Ridley's and then like like bar stuff. Mark Ridley's. Did you ever play uh, a club called Chaplains, either the East or the West? No. Yeah. Once upon a time, this is how old I am. Uh, there, there used to be two Chaplains comedy clubs. D- Detroit, a great comedy scene. Great comedy scene in Detroit. There was a Chaplains East and a Chaplains West, and one was in an old bowling alley and it was just absolutely huge. I think it was Chaplin's West. Do you, do you, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Or am no. I talking about like the freaking old Testament? No, I don't actually. Okay. So, so it was this old bowling alley that they had, this guy had converted into a nightclub and giant uh, comedy club. And it was, he thought it would be classy to have people valet park. So you would, you would roll up into this really. What? I'm not kidding you. This is great. This is like this is this is from the comedy bible. So, you can't just make a place classy by having someone park your car. Exactly. There can be a place there can <laughs> you know that can actually be I I mean speaking of some t- you know places around the Detroit area you don't want anyone else getting in your car. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? so it was uh it was an easy club to bomb at and as legend has it Jeff Foxworthy was playing there. And he was having a really, really horrible week. He was just eating it night after night. And he called up his buddy, uh, Vic Henley. I don't know. Did you ever work with Vic in New York? Mm-mm, no. Yeah. Vic, a uh, funny guy, Southern guy, was, was, he passed away a few years ago, but big in the comedy scene. He wrote all the, he wrote all the uh, you might be a redneck jokes. Yes. So, but okay. that's where that started. So Foxworthy called up his buddy Vic and he's like, man, I'm eating it every night. They're looking at me like I'm a redneck. I'm playing in a, a, a bowling alley. <laughs> I'm playing a bowling alley in Detroit with valet parking. Hey, if your bowling alley has valet parking, yeah. you might be the redneck. And that's where that's yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. So, so you started, I'm, I'm, I had, I'm sorry for that little piece of comedy history. So you started in, in Detroit. So now you're you're in LA. You give horrible directions. You have no yes. idea about local traffic. You're just telling people to go on random, random streets. I would just I miss, love that like, so I much. would be like, there'd be a, a road that I was that, that had a like, you know, I was supposed to say avoid it, but I would say take it, <laughs> which is which is a pretty important difference. I would say. But like, I I can't believe I lasted six months. I think it's because like they thought I have like. I had like a really interesting radio voice and I was still smoking cigarettes at the time. Like, you know, now I'm like vape life for life, but I was still smoking cigarettes. So it was like kind of like this. Like it was like, you, you know, yeah. it was quite sexy. <laughs> Very much so. 
So, so you're, you, you get fired from that job. Is that when you start doing stand up? Or had no, you I start, I started of- really leading into stand up with me and the guy I, who I, fo- who I, who, whom I had foisted a live in relationship on. We broke up. I like, I cannot stress this enough. I had no friends in LA. Like I didn't know anybody except for this guy. I find so that very I, hard to believe. I didn't. Well, I made friends. Because I also needed to, at a certain juncture, find places to live. So I need the, I needed to have some of those. <laughs> but um, I just, you know, I didn't have, like, plans. I would just go to open mics. I would just, you know, start doing that. And kind of, you know, I was broke. I was alone. And I found it, like, helpful to just laugh about it and make jokes about it. And Yeah. Um, I even saw like one of my old sets. Everything's like, you know, not, I don't have my stand up on YouTube because I just don't feel like it's, I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I'd rather people see live. I mean, I have clips, but I have, I was found one like that was like this private YouTube clip where I'm like 22 and I have like a bow in my hair and I'm talking about how broke I am. And like, it's just was a weird trip to watch it like 10 years later. Cause I, Where- Across. Where was the set? Where were you doing stand up? Uh, the belly room in the comedy store. Okay, so you you're a comedy store girl. Did you ever do uh, what about what about Laugh Factory? What about uh... I, I never did Laugh Factory. So I lived there for in LA for about like a year and a half, and before I moved to DC. Okay, so do you do you remember at like do, what was what? I, I I hate this. I, I'm stopping myself from asking the question because I'm thinking, can I remember? Like, do, do, what was a, do you have like a favorite joke or a favorite bit or something that you thought worked really well? Well, my opening, then? my opener back in those days was, and keep in mind as I, I, I was smoking cigs, right? So like yes. my voice, my voice was like really, and I wear this little bow in my hair and I was like really, really, really skinny. Like, I mean, I still kind of have like a middle school boy body, but like even more so because I was hungry. Um, <laughs> this is just true. Um, and I would just say like, I look like a nice little girl, but I sound like somebody who invites nice little girls into his van. And like, <laughs> it worked because I did like, I cannot, my voice was like Patty and Selma level. Um, that's a great joke. Yeah. So that would, that was my opener. And that would be, um, just a lot of jokes about being super broke. I'm trying to remember other ones. Yeah. Well, let me, now let me ask you this, and then and then and then we'll circle back to uh, to to DC and and that move and and all that good stuff. Where what's your favorite room uh, in New York? My favorite room in New York. I mean, yeah. I I really like stand up New York because like they encourage you to like do try out new stuff. Yeah, and like it's just fun, and it's not like you don't feel like oh if like this doesn't work, then I'm blacklisted from ever working with any of these people again. Like you know what I mean. Well, that's it's too funny, but I, I I've been fortunate enough a couple times, many many moons ago, I did this Bass Ale Comedy Festival, and it was like one just summer in New York, and we would just bebop. Uh, it was like me and Bob Nelson, and I'm trying to think who else was on the show. Oh my gosh, he's one of Sandler's buddies. He's in all the. Oh my gosh. Rob anyway. Schneider. No, 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 David not Schneider. Dave. No. McDonald's. No, he's the guy. He's a comedian. He's originally from like Wisconsin. I think he's from Madison. Oh my gosh. What's the guy's name? He wrote. I'm the biggest Adam Sandler fan in the world. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Well, we could talk. Happy Gilmore is my religion. So who's um... the, who's the standup who, who wrote 
the movie about the uh, the white kid in Malibu who became a, a rapper, and he also wrote uh, uh, a movie that he starred in where he was a a child star. Oh my gosh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Me too. It's a, it's a funny. So anyway, we just went all over uh, New York. We did stand up New York. We did Carolines. We did yeah, Carolines like, is fun. And and uh, and I just fell in love with the comedy scene. Like it's it seems like it's so. I mean, it's it's competitive everywhere you go. Everybody always wants right. to be like the funniest one. But like I just found like New York comics to be so much they want you to try new stuff they have ideas oh you could do this with that if you're doing that bit about knocking on the door what if da, 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 da. it's like right it's just like a, a much more I, I can push you and there's that, that vibe is lacking lacking uh in la oh, I, so, I very much uh, dig yes in la one thing i noticed is that you know a lot of you know new york is all about like the craft of stand-up and in la it's like well you know i'm like an actor and my agent told me like i should try this but like, if you're the guy that was like had a like you know a recurring role role on Malcolm in the Middle, you're gonna be headlining. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! What did I tell you? This show, it just doesn't stop. And in that spirit, it's time to find out what's on the web with a segment we like to call What's on the Web with Paul. It is time, everybody. Oh, what a show. How are we doing this? How are we doing this? It's What's on the Web with Paul. Paul, are you there? Michael, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Mega dittos, Rush. Mega dittos. <laughs> hey, buddy. So let's just jump right in because this is a this is an awesome segment. What what what's got you excited this week? What was on the web with Paul? Well, we had some pretty interesting posts. A bunch of them, actually. Uh, some of the more popular ones were the Colorado Baker with suit again. It never ends. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. Ten years now. It's been going on for a decade. That's and It doesn't really generate a whole lot of outrage from conservatives. They, they'll post a few posts about it, but nobody's in the street or saying, 
you know, anything like, uh, well, if uh, this guy's getting sued, why isn't Facebook and Twitter? But anyway, you, we all yeah, know that's, the answers to that. That's the thing, and that's and really that's why I, that's why I wrote that piece. I'm like, somebody's got to. We have to we have to keep standing up for this guy because the the, the left the outrage they're never gonna stop. It doesn't look like they're ever gonna stop. And at some point, it seems like the judge should just be like, "No, you're not allowed to sue this guy anymore. This is it's it's just harassment. It's just harassment for ten years." Okay, so yeah, everybody needs to go and and read that one. Plus. The uh, the picture of the cake that I picked is just delicious looking. <laughs> Good lord, that's a tasty looking cake. Okay, what else we got? Speaking of food, free donut for a year from Krispy Kreme when you get the vaccine, and of course that elicited outrage for me because they're demanding that we show our papers in order to get a donut, and I want investigations, and I want outrage over that. I shouldn't have to show my ID to get a donut from Krispy Kreme. You know what's funny about this is like <laughs> when I that wasn't <laughs> sometimes I'm very naive, but I'm like, hey, I know a lot of people who got the vaccine and I'm like, if you get the vaccine, you might as well get a free donut out of it. And like Krispy Kreme, that's a tasty donut. So that was that was the spirit in which it was intended. If you get the vaccine, you might as well get your donut. It's a good donut. And man, on Facebook. It was, it was one hundred percent. This is evil. One hundred percent. Not one person. Not one. Paul was like, "Oh, cool. Thanks for the heads up." People are pissed, and and rightfully so. That's so good for them. This is your your first time on the internet where people get outraged over things you didn't think they'd be able to get outraged. <laughs> right. <over>. It's my <laughs> first day on the internet. Yes. Yeah, so welcome to the internet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's go to the Biden press conference disaster, because you did a video on that. And one of the things that made me laugh apart from the video that you did on that is the fact that there were so many of these pundits on Twitter saying about this is such a good speech. This puts to bed all the accusations that Joe Biden's not there. And you have to think to yourself, what must these people think in their inner monologue? Because they have to realize how worthless they are in life. And they have to realize that that's all they've done with their life is being worthless. But anyway, go ahead and talk a little bit more about that that press conference. I, I just love that. I, I love. I'm, I'm writing that down. The inner monologue of the modern journalist. What's what's that like? <laughs> yes, I thought. I thought he kind of hung in there, and I'll be. I, I I I watched it in dribs and drabs. Then I watched highlights, and you saw everybody's different spin on it. And then I, I watched a whatever. I, I thought it was really I. I thought it was really bad. I thought it was really bad and shocking for for Joe Biden. And that's the point I tried to make in the press conference. I always, you know, I try to make him funny and all that stuff. Favorite joke in that, uh, he hasn't lost a step. He's lost the whole ladder. <laughs> and, if, and if he decides to run in 2024, it, his campaign's going to look like a seance. I thought that was hilarious. But, sir, <laughs> but the, the, the big point is this guy's been a professional politician. For almost fifty years, he he's this is this isn't good for for Biden. It's not good for the country. He's really slipped in just just from twenty sixteen. If you look at him, Joe Biden, that's the guy who just points to people and he talks and he knows stuff off the top of his head, or he can, he can at least lie 
at the top of his head. I graduated first in my class. I got three, you know, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And for him to have note cards, note cards, and Picture then a, note cards. Picture oh my gosh. <laughs> and then the, the, the thing that I found disturbing about the, the picture card about here's this reporter and here's where they're from and that's their name. That I can kind of let him have if, if if there was more reporters there. It looked, it looked pretty empty. But then he had little numbers by their names. Like I'm going to go to this person first, that person second, this person third. And I'm like the only reason – the only reason you number people like that is if – you have a good idea of what they're going to say and what the question is. It's like a set list. It's like a comic having a set list. I'm going to open up with what's up with Mother's Day. Then I'm going to go to, um, you know, dogs are like men, whatever that was. So anyway, it was uh, I thought it was a disaster. Hence the title. Okay. Yep. Definitely a disaster. Yeah, so we're gonna ease I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the website now. It's fantastic. Yep. We're going to ease into something a little bit lighter or to the post that a little bit lighter. Lisa Kay wrote the jokes won't write themselves, but they should. That's another Biden-centric, I guess it was more than Biden, but it's a Biden-centric post about, it's just a, it's her commentary in a humorous way on how comedians have basically just, they've, uh, they won't write jokes anymore. It's not, comedy isn't comedy anymore. Uh, I'm starting to get a, a little upset at, uh. I was watching uh, Adam Carolla on uh, Tucker Carlson, and they were talking about comedy, and, and Carolla's like, comedy is dead, and these people who are saying comedy. Okay, so here's what I would do if you look at the state of comedy. So who is still out there doing it? Who is still yep. – and so elevate those people. It's what Gimlet and I are always talking about on this show. Yeah, you still need news from somewhere, but if try, you can always pick up some some great stuff at theloftestparty.com. But check out uh, Cheryl Atkinson, check out Tim Pool, check out the smaller independent. Because yeah, we the New York Times and CNN and blah 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 blah, and they're losing ratings. Da da da. da. So elevate the next generation. Let you got to other pick people up, and I would say that goes for stand up as well. So don't so you sit around. Oh, comedy's dead. I think Dave Chappelle's doing some funny stuff. I think I'm doing some funny stuff. Hey, well, yeah. Well, speaking of that, we need to do a you know what a comedy special podcast. Hmm, maybe we that should. That is do- coming. That should, is coming. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll we'll announce that uh, later. But that I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do those once every couple months. Just do a straight up comedy funny entertainment pop culture just just dedicate it okay what else uh has you going on the web because i'm looking i'm already i'm already picking i'm I'm already picking what i'm interested in well there's one i want to end on and and i have to get your take on it but i don't want to i'll get to that at the very end because that's going to be a little bit that's going to be funny and and not the way that that necessarily that people expect but first i want to go to mr wright which is either you know him as jason iron reno but i think he was posted as jake as well the fat, the fake black belt gets ass handed to him. <laughs> yes, humorous, a humorous video, and there, it actually auto played into more videos, which were I thought were even funnier. But I hope he continues posting those because that's the stuff we like to see at the Loftus party. Yeah, uh, Mr. Wright, aka Jake Anarino, aka Jason Anarino. He's going by Mr. Wright. <laughs> he he's into um. 
uh, mixed martial arts. He's into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and the Hoist Gracie's, the Gracie school of, of street fighting and yada, yada, yada. And so I'm learning a lot just by, you know, he and I talk and I'm like, dude, you got to post this stuff. You got to post this stuff. When people go into a, a dojo or one of these training centers or gyms or whatever, and you start saying that you have skills that you don't have, that is like <laughs> the the biggest taboo. The biggest taboo, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. He's got a bunch of videos like that, and they're definitely uh, worth watching. Okay, can I make a couple picks? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Um, 100 Years of Lingerie. See, that's the one I wanted to ask you about, because there's a dude in that video in lingerie. <laughs> well, here's the, here's, that's, I imagine that's the 2015 that is exactly once after 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the woke, all the woke people. Right, and that's what. Uh, so I post this video, uh, and I think it was done by like Glam, uh, their their YouTube channel. But it's interesting that that's the reason I went into it. You know, I'm like, oh, let's let's see it out. So here's what they were wearing back in the 1920s. Here's what they were wearing in the 30s. Here's what they were in the 40s. So that's, it goes on and on and on. And so you can kind of compare and contrast. And and you guys, we have. It's too funny. Like the seventies, actually the thirties was pretty cool too. The only, the only, but whatever. You can see it's like this clear line of demarcation. <laughs> like at 20, 2015, that's where it just, that's where we lost the thread. That's where we lost the plot. There's like the video is like, oh, that's cool. That's what they were wearing. Oh, that's kind of hot. Ooh, she looks great in that. Ooh, damn, that is sexy. And then all of a sudden it's like, Freaking! It just goes off the rails. At 20, 2015. and you're like, yeah, can we go, can I we saw go that. back to the eighties. Yeah, I saw that, and that—that's just boom. That's just oh, they got a dude well, in there. Okay, it takes well. There's there's a dude. There's a big girl. There's an amputee. There's a lesbian. There's just like it's like wait, wait, wait. You've lost the plot entirely. You've lost, and it gets really sporty too. Like at one point, like these, like these sporty shorts get, and I'm like, do you even know why you're wearing lingerie? Do you even know why? Like you've, you've lost it. And like, I, it's, it's too funny, but like, uh, Victoria's secret, I've done articles before, like what happened there and, and where is the, the sexy stuff? So I thought that one was a lot of fun. I thought that one was a lot of fun. I just really quickly. Uh, another article people need to see, it's like they keep this, this cargo ship, uh, in the, in the Suez canal. This is the most hilarious thing. They keep talking about this cargo ship. Oh, it's stuck. It's stuck. How did it? Oh, it got, oh goodness gracious. You guys, this was done on purpose. This was done completely on purpose by, by this, the guy they have the GPS. They can track the movement of the ship. You can plot in the course of your ship, and it'll come up. It's like an Etch-A-Sketch drawing. You just make one big unbroken line, and that's the path the ship follows. The, the, the pilot of the ship, the captain of the ship, drew a giant wiener and a, a big butt. Like, he's like, he knew exactly what it, and no one's talking about this enough. They're just like, oh, the ship is stuck. I'm like, this dude did it on purpose. You don't just draw a ginormous wiener and butt cheeks without knowing what you're doing. <laughs> okay, we got we got time for two more. Well, there's 
They've just released a trailer for The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad 2, but The Suicide Squad. And you thought that was a huge, or or I could say huge, improvement over Suicide Squad, which was released back in 2016, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I, you, I am... I'll tell you right now, and I don't have enough time to get into it. This is why we need to do the whole separate uh, uh, podcast. I, I thought I thought that trailer was better than the, the the whole Suicide Squad movie. The Suicide Squad, the one with Will Smith, it had a couple of moments. It had a couple of moments that stood out. You're like, okay, cinematically, that's fantastic and fun. But in terms of storytelling and caring about the characters and plot and pacing and all that stuff, just just a big giant yawn. It was just pretty pictures. And and it was uh, you know Harley Quinn being fantastic. J- James Gunn has survived cancel culture, and not only survived, he's thrived. You saw his name was huge on that. From the visionary visionary writer director of Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn, they are owning that. And good for James Gunn. Good for him. This movie looks hilarious it looks similar to the guardians of the galaxy recipe you know with the retro music and all that stuff but idris elba i was laughing out loud john cena's jokes i was laughing out loud i it, this thing looks fantastic and and there there you go i think i think that james gunn uh is the, is the secret sauce on that and what do you think about harley quinn's appearance versus her appearance in birds of prey Birds of Prey doesn't exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist. I'm never. I'm. I, listen. It'll be one of those ones if it comes on HBO and I'm and I'm sick and I'm just flipping around or I can't sleep. Maybe I'll watch it. But listen, it doesn't exist. And Justice <laughs> League, Justice League too. Yeah. Listen, I, I I dedicated four hours of my life to watching the Snyder cut of that. And oof. Well, that's that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Uh, that whole nother one. Okay. You know what? We need a Loftus Party special on entertainment too. That's a second Loftus Party. Well, that's going to be that's going to be the it's going to be the it's going to be a comedy and entertainment uh, trifecta. That's what it's going to be. It's just going to be comedy, <laughs> movies, uh, Hollywood. It'll be my my state of the nation address in terms of Hollywood. State of um, the nation. All right, I like it. Okay. People need to see this one because this, to me, embodies like everything. That that I almost everything that I dig about like the loftusparty dot com and yada yada yada. Post Malone goes country, and it's pretty damn awesome. I I have not listened to any of Post Malone's music. I really it's just not whatever. Maybe it is my jam. I don't know. But I just see this guy, and this is this is horrible. I'm just being honest here. I see a dude. With like the tattoos all over his face. Oh, that's Post Malone. Blah blah blah. And I and I instantly shrug my internal shoulders, and I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. I'm just I. And I gotta. I, you always have to be on the on the lookout. Like, don't judge, don't judge. You really have to watch it. So Post Malone, uh, Matthew McConaughey just started a YouTube channel. And he's raising this money, for, you know, like we are Texas, and he's going to try to help high school kids. And I, I think it's awesome. It's a great cause. So Post Malone gets in the uh, the studio, and I think it was with Dwight Yoakam's band. And Post Malone does two country songs. And you guys, 
it blew me away. It just blew me away. If we didn't have to do record the rest of the show, I'd watch it again right now. I watched it again last night, and it's it's fantastic. And I'm not gonna. I, I don't think I'm overselling this. It's great. And he's so he's like a kid. At one point, they finish the first song. First of all, he starts off with like, "Thank you, thank you so much for letting me be here. This is gonna be a lot of fun. I never get to work with a whole band." He's working with Dwight Yoakam's band. There's slide guitar, the whole nine. Post Malone, Posty, as his friends call him. He's got an acoustic guitar. They're, he's drinking Bud Lights. The band is drinking whiskey. He's got a cigarette going. He covers a song, and, and I don't want to tell you what song, because that, that will ruin the surprise. But he's just so happy, and he's like, he and he's so genuine. He goes like, seriously, you guys, this is like in in the top ten days of my life. And this is my happiest top, in top ten. And then he, he asks the band, he goes, do you guys have a bedtime? And they go, a bedtime? He goes, yeah, do you have, do you have a bedtime? Because I don't. <laughs> and they go, no, we don't have a bedtime. He's like, okay, great. So they do another song. It's it's just fantastic. It's fantastic. And this guy's like, you always think that we're losing it as a society. In a lot of ways, we are. But like, and and people love to 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 rag on. I'm up on a high horse here, and I, I need to wrap <laughs> it up. The guy can sing. He can play. He loves this music. And it's like, it's just a great little reminder. Like, don't. Would I buy tickets to a Post Malone show? I kind of doubt it, but I'll watch these <laughs> videos over and over again. Okay, so we're going long. Do you have one you want to wrap up on? No, because it was the 100 Years of Lingerie. Oh. I wanted to ask you what you thought about the dude in that video. And oh, yeah. I tell you what, I've seen some hot. I've seen some some smoking hot uh, uh, trans people. That I remember one time I was watching, I was working on... I was working on the George Lopez show and a writer. Uh, there was a show on HBO, uh, Sex in the Valley, and it was about the porn industry, blah, 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 blah. And one of the episodes, they show this woman, this this woman's face, and she's just gorgeous. The camera, pan, you know, is slowly panning down, and she's just got beautiful boobs. And she's wearing next to nothing, and the camera pulls down. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a dude. <laughs> you gotta be. Listen, I, I was fooled. I was tricked, and uh, and she was gorgeous. I think uh, I'm, I'm. I got a big stand-up bit that I'm gonna do on this very subject, and how, how. No, I, I'm not gonna give anything well, don't away. Give it, don't give it away here. You gotta don't save give it, it away now. Okay. So those are some of the highlights uh, from from theloftestparty.com this week. There's more stuff coming. We're busy. We're busy, little beavers. Paul, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for telling us what's on the web. Thank you, Michael. Take care, bud. I love it. Good times. And and that is a uh, – we should announce this publicly, Gimlet. That what uh, what's going to be happening in the next couple weeks? I'll let you guys know. We're just going to do a, an entertainment comedy pop culture. It'll be a special edition uh, of the podcast, and that will you know what you know what we'll do a Patreon segment for that one as well. So this we had so much in this show. We are going to carry this over. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this whole Nike thing 
they they're in such a desperate attempt. It's it just reeked. Of, do you know what I'm talking about with the with the new Nike shoe? That actually, I had to dig into it. It's not a Nike shoe. The guy, the company did the Nike Swish before. It's not actually <laughs> manufactured by Nike. Okay. They did a Jesus shoe before. Hmm. Because uh, forget here's... the name of the company. Good. I'm glad because like. I thought about, uh, here's what happened, you guys. So Twitter was blowing up last night with uh, some, and I can't remember who, which is fantastic. I love it. I can't remember who. I can't remember. can't remember. Somebody who's like trying to grab headlines came out with like a Satan shoe. And uh, supposedly, you know, that the number 666 is all, it's, it's on the shoe. It's on the box. And it's just the most... And each shoe has like red ink, and then it each shoe contains like one drop of human blood. It's like Kiss did this back in the seventies. Back in the seventies, Kiss came out with a comic book, and and they took blood from the from the members of Kiss, and they mixed it in with the red ink, and that was like the ooh. So it's just a sad, desperate attempt at headlines. And and yeah, you can get some retweets off it, but I'm just like I, I have I don't want to throw any fuel on that fire. Okay, uh, and this is the, from the good news department, you guys. Uh, the the Wuhan lab, the Wuhan lab, and the COVID. Like the 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 dude from the the World Health Organization was like, I don't know. It looks like it really did come from a bat. And that guy's on the WHO payroll. He's also the guy who supplies supplies the bats that come from like i don't know like a thousand miles away or something to the wuhan lab uh so yeah he didn't he didn't want the wuhan lab to be on the track it more and more people are leaning and more and more reporters are getting inquisitive and more and more it's looking more and more like it yes it was the lab now they're gonna say it was uh probably a lab accident but i'm in that camp where i i don't think it was an accident there's just too much of an upside to this whole thing. But let's just hope that re- reporters and uh, and people stay uh, inquisitive about the uh, the Wuhan lab. Hopefully the hopefully the bat soup will uh, will die once and for all. So we're going to talk about that a little bit in the Patreon uh, portion of the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about cancel culture. We're going to talk a little bit more about this three trillion dollar infrastructure bill what in the sam hill and i just discovered a television show i'm late to the party but it blew me away last night don't you want to know don't you want to know well get a get your ass over to patreon i'll see you over there